0: You have to allow the children to know that a budget exists. And that helps them to begin to stick to a budget. And and that's a way to demonstrate self-control. I agree. It is a balanced approach and it helps them to avoid (laughs) impulsive shopping while they're young and in your household and in their adult years, because they won't have this feeling of being deprived hmm on today's episode we're asking a question what financial habits are you passing on to your children welcome to wealth and wisdom together with Wesleya and willa this is the podcast that
1: empowers you to unleash your steward identity, transform your money mindset and engage the habits to manage money confidently, live life purposefully and build wealth intentionally.
0: So sit back and relax as we dig deeper into wealth and wisdom together.
1: Hello, dear family. It is an absolute pleasure to have you listening to wealth and wisdom together. I'm your Financial Big Sister, and Willa is your financial auntie. And we are on a mission to help you tap into your steward identity and cultivate the habits that empower you to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. And we believe that when you're in charge of your finances, you are in charge of your life. Now, last week, we had a great conversation about tips to create to maintain the harmony in your marriage as it relates to how you handle money. Yeah. And this money and relationship conversation has continued To bloom and blossom and apparently it has struck a chord with (laughs) many of you we receive text messages saying yay and we know that it sheds some light on some matters that you are actually experiencing so you know we're led by the holy spirit and we're also led by how you share with us we are going to continue this conversation on money and relationships and today we're going to have a conversation about money and children And next week, we're going to talk about the impact of family and friends on your money. So make sure you tune in. Come back next week as well. But like I said, today, we're going to be talking about money and children, because as you know, your steward identity is a way of life. And when you embrace this identity, you become more intentional about your financial decisions. And as it relates to your children, you're also, going to be more intentional about how it impacts future generations. So, let's dive in and start this conversation.
0: Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> when I think about the impact that we got last week, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, re- I re- was reminded of, well, this is my little sweetheart. <laughs> He's a, a little great nephew. He's so sweet, cute. Though. He's like, generations down yes but he is learning so much Mm -hmm. it's amazing Mm -hmm. he can't talk yet (laughs) you know he he knows how to say no (laughs) he knows how to grab your hand and pull you toward something that he wants but I know he's picking up things Mm -hmm. just by observing what's going on around him yes when I watch him we do a FaceTime thing put him up mirror, mirror onto the TV, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm so excited. I know how to do that kind of stuff, but anyway, it makes (laughs) me feel closer to him. So when I watch him go to the fridge or to a doorknob or trying to get somebody to unbuckle himself from his high chair, he will grab his dad's hand or his mom's hand, anybody close, put their finger on the buckle on his high chair. It's like, can you get me out of here, please? I want to run. Ah, I just didn't know he could do so many things Mm -hmm. and was so young. He's not two yet, guys. He won't be two (laughs) until the summertime. He's learning the movements and habits of his parents and all those others around him. Yes, you know, your children may not listen to you, but they surely are watching you and they pick up your habits. He has seen somebody put their finger on that buckle. So he knows us what needs to be done to get out of that chair. Mm -hmm. You may not even recognize them doing this, looking at you until you see them repeat the action. Mm -hmm. So how would you have known that he could go to the fridge as every time you open the door? He's right there. He's getting his little drawer down on the bottom. He needs to pull it out where his treats are until you saw him do that. You didn't know you were watching. He was watching you. And when it comes to finances, it's the same thing. They quickly assimilate your habits and your attitudes regarding money. Right or wrong. Right or or whatever they see is what they do. (laughs) That's why it's so important to demonstrate positive financial habits that will be helpful to them and not harmful to them in their financial future. You know, it's up to us to set an example that will enhance their financial future. It's up to you to set an example that will enhance their financial future. Let's look at what they may be picking up from you. I Just want to talk about some of the things that they <laughs> may be doing. And if you haven't considered this, today is a wonderful day for us to start <laughs> looking at some of those habits. First of all, what is one of the things that I, I remember teaching, uh, doing a demonstration at an elementary school, and it's been a few years ago, and one of the children was talking about their mom or dad going to the ATM, mm-hmm. putting the card in, and mm-hmm. all they know is that money came She went to the machine, put the little buttons, and money came out. Well... I started thinking, I wonder, do they really know how that money got on the back <laughs> Somebody has to put the money in there. And when we think about credit cards, using a credit card wisely, it, it it's the same thing. They see you use the card. They're not considering that, well, this is a bill that has to be paid. So, this may be the most devastating financial habit for them to acquire. We know that credit cards are convenient and can be an effective way to get yourself out of a financial jam. Some people use it for emergencies and for emergencies only, and they are prepared to pay it off at the end of the month. But the use of the credit card to purchase unnecessary items is one of the leading causes of financial stress and bankruptcy. Yeah, so we need to make sure that they have an understanding of how to manage credit card usage.
1: Yeah, I think credit cards can have a a Santa Claus effect on children, depending upon how you do it. I want it. I don't have the money, put it on your <laughs> credit card. And that's, yeah. but that's how children assimilate that practice. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you heard my wife's story before, you know, that was a part of my wife story. Credit card. I had, I, I did not have a healthy relationship with credit cards. I had, was in a lot of credit card debt that I had to get out of. But part of that was because I observed my mom using credit cards i did not know that she was using them responsibly so even though that's what i observed we would go shopping she would Mm -hmm. use this credit card Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i did mimic the use of the credit card but it also fed into the impulsiveness of purchases and it also fed into Not waiting. I could just Mm -hmm. use a credit card because at one point I would do like layaway. Again, (laughs) I'm 53. So, yes, I remember layaway. (laughs) Layaway worked. It worked. I thought that credit card was like layaway, except that I could use a credit card and get the thing now Mm -hmm. and then take the time to pay it off later. Now, understanding the cost of the interest. Don't use credit card is what I was told. So, If you use credit cards and your children are watching you when they are of age to understand a clear conversation needs to be had with them about the expectations of the credit card use, what it does, what interest is, how you're paying much more back if you aren't paying your credit card off in time. I remember my children were 21 before they got their own credit card. Because at that point I knew and some people might disagree and say, well, they should have been building up their credit all before then. They didn't need credit (laughs) to go to college. They didn't need. You know what I'm saying? So, no, you will get credit. And so at this point that they got it, they were in grad school building their credit and getting ready to get apartments. I wanted to make sure that they had good credit for their for getting their first apartments, because, again, they were still living either on campus or in in ways where they did their credit was not being, um, inquiry. But by the time that they needed a credit inquiry, we made sure that they had things on file. They didn't have credit cards as teen as a teen in
0: high school. Yeah, Mm -mm,
1: no. So I said all that to say they're watching credit cards is you're right. Is one of those things. But Mm -hmm. I talked about impulse purchasing, Yeah, you you know, Children already have impulses. They already have impulse issues. They see it, they want it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes as parents, witness, well, as children, them witnessing a lack of financial control by a parent makes self-control even more elusive for them in the future. We have to show our children that purchases should be decided ahead of a shopping trip. Again, what did that look like for me? That looked like, and you know the adage, when we get to this store... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now some people say When we get to this store Don't ask me for nothing <laughs> That's what mama them said But mm-hmm. Or it could be When we get to the store We are buying this We're going to the store To buy New gym shoes For Basketball We're going yes. to the store To buy New School uniforms Or mm-hmm. we're whatever it is That we're going to the store for Let that be said It's just like And if they're younger, mommy uses a grocery list. And if it's not on the grocery list, mommy's not going to buy it because mommy's prepared to buy what's on the grocery list. So if we go up the candy aisle, the, the candy is not on the list. And that's probably not a good example, but because it's not costly, granted, but you still have to watch out for that. Because even as toddlers, that's an impulsive purchase. You get in the candy line. Can I have a bag of M&Ms? How are you going to handle that? Are you afraid of the tantrum or can you establish the boundary and let them know that hey, sometimes we have to wait on purchases. Sometimes yes. we have to wait before we can get something. So all of that again is is taught to them early early on from impulsively buying candy at the at the uh cash register <laughs> to We're going to the store to get gym shoes and we walk out with three other outfits, but we can, we can
0: include our children. Let's include our children. Absolutely. Make those lists. Yes. Yes. You know, you know they're they're going to want some candy. Give them some some room. room. Yeah. 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 Give them room. Put something on there and it, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it should just be something where they will understand. This is the process. And it it. helps them to begin to see a budget and stick to that budget. I agree. Because if it's not on the budget or it's not on the list, uh, it's not going to be a part of what we walk out of the store with. today Or the mall today. Exactly. To allow the children to know that a budget exists. And that helps them to begin to stick to a budget. And and that's a way to demonstrate Mm self-control. I agree. It is a balanced approach. And it helps them to avoid (laughs) impulsive shopping while they're young and in your household and in their adult years because they won't have this feeling of being deprived.
1: Yes. And that's what I think is key what you said about engage them with making the list. Yeah. Yeah engaging with making the list. Okay, we need cereal. What type of cereal? What kind of cereal do you mm-hmm. want?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, it's like, "Oh, can I get some Captain Crunch?" Okay, well, let's put that on the let's put that on the list. And it's interesting because we have to in covering the gamut of ages. You have from what, I don't know, toddler to teenage years. You have all these different things that have happened. So you know, apply it to where you are now with the yes, age of your child. Yes, but yes. it all basically um, resonates the same. You know, so yeah, include them in the process mm-hmm. because what you don't want to do is use your budget as a weapon. Yes. And when you use your budget, if you weaponize the budget, which basically is saying that the budget is used to de- deprive, this is why people don't like a budget today.
0: That's right. It's because the budget, budget has been used. Right.
1: Yeah. To deprive and, and always only speak to what you can't do, but there hasn't been enough conversation to speak to what the budget can do and yes. what the budget can allow for if you plan for it.
0: We tell our clients that you can have anything you want. Yeah. You just have to budget for it. Yes. So when they begin to see that if you put it in the budget, that opens you up to the universe. Yeah. But you just have to know how to put it in the budget and then plan for that. But if we're saying it's not in the budget, n- n- no, that it does. It's a negative, and it makes you, it makes the young people like, no, no, right. my is gonna say it ain't in the budget, and my daddy gonna say it ain't in the budget. Yeah, we don't want that.
1: Another thing, it's so funny because as my girls got older, and you all know that they're grown now. One is twenty nine, and the other's twenty six. But as they were growing up. They would hear me say, my budget is not your budget. Mm -mm. And what I meant by that is there are things that I do with the money that I earn, like, yes, I get my nails done every three weeks and I get my hair done every two weeks. That's my budget. That's not your budget. I don't want you to now engage in practices that require this maintenance that the, the money that you get can't cover. I need you to operate from your budget. Yeah. So one of the things that I did to help them do that is I showed them how they could make planned purchases within their budget. Mm. So Plato places where they could take their clothes and get money for the clothes that they took in and then use that money to buy something else. And it was of label and brand that was significant for them at that time. That's what we did. I showed them how to also do thrifting. I Mm -hmm. showed them ways because, again, there is a process that they're going to have to live before their budget will become my budget. And before they can afford the things that I can just go out and afford. And so in that process, now that they're grown, they even recognize how they can shift because they can obviously afford things uh, more expensive than what they did then. But it still showed them how you can still have more with less how you could do more with less. That's right. So less does not necessarily mean constraint and confinement. Sometimes you just have to be a little bit more creative in how you reach the, the same outcome. And I just wanted to make sure that they saw that not weaponizing the budget. Let the budget do for you what you need it to do.
0: You know what? When you say my budget is not your budget, it just makes me think about when we have to teach the kids the difference between needs and wants. Because mm-hmm. what's on their budget may not be the things that are on my budget yeah. because they have specific needs. We talk about the generations and the kids are younger. They don't need some of the things that we need. Yeah. There are some things that they want that we don't want. So our budgets may be a bit different. So we have to really make a clear distinction between needs and wants and demonstrate to our kids that their needs must always be taken care of first. Yeah. Yeah wants are only considered after the critical items after the needs have been addressed yeah you know let's say for instance you need boots but you want hugs
1: i'm so glad you said that also in that the needs and wants is Mm -hmm. the opportunity to show them how god provides and how He's jehovah jireh And how not only is he aware of your needs, Mm -hmm. but he's also aware of your wants and your desires. Yeah. And my girls wanted Uggs. They were younger (laughs) in age. They wanted some Uggs. They asked me for Uggs. I said, you need winter boots. (laughs) (laughs) And I will make sure that you have winter boots because I'm not paying the yes. Uggs are too expensive for a shoe that I want you to have at this time, especially because you're still growing. And I don't want to pay that much money for a pair of boots that you could outgrow. And then the next winter, you won't be able to wear them. That's not being a good steward.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: let's get what you need. And I, I told him, I said, the only way I would get you some Uggs, if, if it fit within a certain price parameter. And I just threw out a, param- a price parameter. I was like, they have to be <laughs> $50 a list, $45 a list. That's don't the you- only way you can get some UGGs is if I could find something, right? That was the end of the conversation. Okay, they might have been disappointed, but hey, they agreed. We went on our merry way. I came to Phoenix for a trip. Went to a place called Last Call, Last Chance. I don't know if it ain't here. You ain't going to never find it again. I don't know what the name of the store was. Now, my husband knew this conversation. As he got tickled mm-hmm. at the fact that I actually broke it all the way down to them like that. But again, it's explaining to them needs, wants, mm-hmm. budget, what, and the why. I'm not going to pay $150 for some boots that you can't wear the next year we get down in this store why did they have Uggs for $30 Ooh, they were $35 oh man and Keith looked at me and I said <laughs> on my word <laughs> mm-hmm. if I found Uggs that were of said price I would get them and I had mm-hmm. to buy them mm-hmm. because that's where I found them but the blessing of the story is not only did they learn the difference between needs and wants but they also understood how God provides because I explained to them how God knows your needs, wants and your desires, and that he will align things for you as he sees fit. And so apparently it was nothing wrong with the, them having some Uggs for well, $35. We, op- <laughs> we often
0: say that, please, Jehovah Jireh, he provides <laughs> what you need, but he also gives you your wants sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah, Yeah. We walk in Jehovah Jireh. Absolutely. That's truly who he is.
1: But as you improve your personal financial habits, if you're following us and you're working with us, that is what you're doing. You're trying to Mm -hmm. improve your financial habits. So you want to make sure that you are showing them some strong,
0: positive financial positive
1: financial habits that will get them on a path of financial literacy and understanding so that they actually end up better than where you are now, right? A lot of us did not have a lot of the financial education at a younger age like what you have now. So let's make sure that we instill it in them early, especially like the concept of saving. Make sure that they understand how important saving is. If you have children, make a big deal out of saving money. Make it a big deal out of saving money, not only from your paycheck, but also showing them how to save money out of whatever they get. Birthday yeah. gifts, Christmas gifts, yeah. however every way they come into money, you want to encourage your child to do the same thing. I used to separate for my children. I had, it was like 10, 10, 80. So whenever they got money, they had a 10% bucket that they did for giving. They had a 10% mm-hmm. bucket for saving and then mm-hmm. they had an 80% bucket for buying. But it, they got so ex- excited about some what they were saving that even though they could spend the 80, oftentimes they didn't. They wanted to put more in savings because either A, they had something else that they were saving for. Mm-hmm. And so just because they had the money didn't mean they had to spend it right now. And so that's what I loved about that approach is that they learned that money doesn't have to burn a hole in my pocket. I can't save up for other things that are going to be a greater benefit to me in the future. And that's what you want your children to understand when you're talking about the dynamic of saving.
0: That's really beautiful because when you break it up like that, 10, 10 and 80, no matter how you want to break your percentages up, it's the categories that's important. Giving, savings and setting aside for your purchases or buying. Yeah. You are sharing with them. That it is a good thing to be prepared to give and to give and help someone. And that also, if you are a church member, you want to be prepared to do that, prepared to give your tithe and then offerings Mm -hmm. and savings, of course. Just explain that a robust savings account is an effective solution for many of life's challenges. Because what you need money. In order to address those things, and the eighty percent to buy again, (laughs) I gotta go. And think I'm gonna say ten percent this month. I think I'm gonna put about eighty over there, and then I'll just spend just ten percent, just buy this one little thing. Because in a couple months, I have a big purchase that I want to make, a really big purchase. Mm -hmm. So it's really good to instill that in them while they're younger the giving, the savings, and the ability to purchase something later. Now, another thing that I think is an excellent habit for them to understand is paying bills on time. Paying the bills on time, it impacts so many things in your life. (laughs) We have to set a great example for our children in paying bills on time. The one thing that parents have to think about with respect to paying bills on time is their credit score your credit score the highest percentage that is used by fico to determine your credit score is paying bills on time 35 mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. big, I, that's big mm-hmm. that's big but we need to make sure that our kids know that too i know we were talking about a library card example that you were sharing before why don't you share that One of the other
1: things that I use to teach my children about stewardship, reputation, credit, your name, is a library card. Children are allowed to sign out a certain amount of books from the library. So that's like your budget. Mm -hmm. Here's the first step. Just because you're able to take out Sign out six books. Are you going to read six books by the time that you have to take them back? So let's have a real conversation about your read rate, your time frame, all that you else you have done. It's just like your budget. When you're making your budget, you're looking at. All right. What what are all the other things that I have to do while I'm trying <laughs> to figure out how to spend this money? Right. So what are all these other classes that you have to prepare for other things that you have to do while you taking out six books? at a time, right? That's the Mm -hmm. one thing. Okay, so then there's a designated time that you need to take the books back. Late return of library books was unacceptable in my house. Mm. Why? Because this is your first example of how credit works. This is your first example of what it looks like to borrow something on your name. On your word. On your word and have to return it. And for you to return it late and say, oh, (laughs) I only have to pay A dollar. Oh, no, no, no. That means you're okay with paying interest and or late fees. So let's let's handle that right now. Mm -hmm. So how about you take out the amount of books that you know that you can read within a time frame and then return them back on time? And if you see that you took out more than what you could read, how about you still return them back on time and then (laughs) just recheck out the other books? And then it only happened a couple of times because they got it. And then again, Mm -hmm. these are the conversations that I was having with them. It is your name. But these are fundamental things that although they don't have all the tools that you're using, they're not using credit cards. They're not writing checks. This is even helped them understand check writing. Mom writes a check for the money that's in the bank. I don't write a check if I don't have the money and I make sure that the check can clear. Library card, allow your children to go to the library, allow (laughs) the book checkout sign out system be one of your first examples of money in their life and how credit and your name and your reputation and all that works.
0: I I love that. I love that because you're right. Those library cards, when you go in there, you sign your name, they're giving you something Mm-mm. on your word, on your, your, word. your name. That's on your no name. reputation. Oh boy, if you mess up, you got a bad reputation. A good reputation is worth more than silver and gold. Another thing that we as parents um need to teach our children is that sacrifice, and we often talk about seasons of frugality. Yeah. And when we talk about seasons of frugality, some people may think we're sacrificing things, but what we're doing is doing a trade-off. Mm-hmm. We're saying, I have a goal for that. And so because I want that, I'm not going to choose this right now because I want that over there. It it goes back to the 10, 10, 80. I'm not going to put only 10 in savings. I'm going to put 50 because... I gotta go to buy something later. So when we talk to our children, we make sure that they understand that all decisions have a positive and a negative consequence. And that is in their brain, really. And in ours too. Mm-hmm. Because in the season of frugality, we really wanna decide, hold up that item that we really want and put off the other item that we think we may want or we may even need it. But we're going to handle it a little, a little differently so that we can be prepared to get the other thing that is out there that may be needed as well. When I think about, uh, well, I drove a car in my senior year in high school. Some parents. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. My dad bought it for my mom. My mom hasn't ever had a driver's license. So I was like, Yes. <laughs> I'll drive it (laughs) because I got my driver's license in 10th grade. But anyway, sometimes kids will want you to purchase a vehicle for them and you're telling them, maybe we want to just lean off of that for right now because the monies that we can use for your car are also monies that we can put in for your college fund. Mm -hmm. You say you want to go to college. Mm -hmm. I'm helping you out. You're going to be, you're doing wonderful with your grades, your scholarships, all of that. Everything's coming in. So we're going to use the monies that we're not going to spend on the car to put in your college funds to buff that up. Mm -hmm. Now you can get a ride to school. I'll take you to school, whatever it is, the bus, whatever. We're going to get you to school. You just won't be buying a car right now. Right. You use my car. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just sitting there. I'm at home. Mm-hmm. Or you drop me off at work or how, however we work it out. But we're going to forego purchasing you a car right now. Doesn't mean you'll never get one. Right. It just means you won't get it right now. Especially high school, mm-hmm. which was my situation. Mm-hmm. I got mine in high school. Now kids may not get them so that they could be prepared for college. Yeah. And that's where those monies will go. As you are making decisions about how to set over money or prepare for your children... Some people are starting very early in age, which is what we recommend when they're younger, firstborn, so forth. But for those who haven't and their kids may talk about sacrificing, I can't have. No, you can have. You just won't be getting it right now. This is the season of frugality where we are choosing to do something a little different in preparation for something later.
1: Right. And you might even align that with what you're doing yourself. I'm not even getting a new car. Mm -hmm. I've paid off my car so that I can put more (laughs) money in my retirement plan, you know, for for my retirement later. So you can also allow them to see that it's not just something that I'm doing to deprive you of something. I'm, you know, I'm making trade-offs myself. Mm -hmm. I am looking Mm -hmm. at the opportunity cost of, okay, do I get a new car versus do I take the money that I would use on a new car or the car note that i had previous and now I'll take that car note and put it in my retirement which mm-hmm. is going to be the best opportunity cost for me which is going to yeah. be the better trade-off so I, you're exactly right they need to see that i think the problem is that 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 we always equate sacrifice to deprivation
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's not always just deprivation it's not deprivation alone it's really a trade-off if i go back to food not eating yeah. the cake is not because you're depriving yourself of cake you're not eating the cake because you're trying to lower your A1C and you're mm-hmm. trying to make healthier mm-hmm. decisions you mm-hmm. know the processed sugar and all of that is not good for you that's not aiding to your goal so if we mm-hmm. could I think it's a mindset it and is period about sacrifice if we could look at sacrifice as as what the outcome of that sacrifice is yes
0: then we can
1: it. sit in what it is that we have to trade off better. Does that make sense? It
0: it does. And the word sacrifice because of society's negative connotation about sacrifice, I would even say delayed gratification. You're not getting it right now, but it doesn't mean you won't get it. But the reason you're not getting it right now is because of the goal that we have set together for you in the future. And with the car thing, it was for college. Mm Mm-hmm. We're yep. going to save these dollars and make sure that you don't come out with all them student loan issues that some people exactly <laughs> people no exactly. right now are having to deal with. Yeah. Well, exactly. Which is really critical. Yeah.
1: So I, I think that also on the heels of sacrifice, mm-hmm. we have to show them, them meaning our children, how yeah. we enjoy the rewards of our financial responsibility. Yeah. So if we're having all these conversations about we're not doing this for that, make sure you because mm-hmm. we're this is the budget, we're doing all of that. So then it's like, all right, so what do we how what do we show? What you get for all that? <laughs> what do you get for all of that? Because we just said the whole point of sacrificing is for a greater outcome, mm-hmm. is toward a greater result. So show your children that regularly saving money results in possibly a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Let your children see the positive outcome of your good financial habits and be open to explaining, you know, we were able to do this because of this. Yep. Or because we did this, now we're able to do this. And then as they grow up, they're able to see how
0: it all works. That's good. That's I remember good.
1: one summer, I didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. I, we needed to use those funds for other things, for something of a greater result. Mm-hmm. So we did staycation, which they still enjoyed. But then couple of years later, when we were able to have a grand vacation, I was able to let them know that, you know, two years ago when we didn't go anywhere and we stayed home all summer and we did this and we had to shift that and we did this. As a result, now we're able to do this. Now we're able to go here. Now you're able to do that. Now we have the money for you to go to this camp. Or now we have the money for you to take advantage of
0: this opportunity. That is so important because it really shows them truly the end result of that sacrifice. You get to see that positive outcome. And that that was an excellent way of Mm -hmm. comparing and showing that to them. Yeah. because They don't always get that. And we want to make sure that they see that we sacrifice and we enjoy at the end of that sacrifice. And so should they. You know, we have a tremendous amount of influence over our our kids' financial future. Mm -hmm. As we started with, what they see is what they do. They will behave in a fashion similar to what they saw when they were young. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I keep going back to my little great nephew and thinking about the different things that he's doing now. Yes. Just by observation. So when he gets... In my brain, I'm seeing him sitting up with a checkbook. He won't have a checkbook. With a a debit card and and how he's going to make decisions about different things that he will purchase. It's all going to be based on what mom and dad did. It's all going to be based on what mom and dad did. And so it's really important. And you have a tremendous amount of influence over your children's financial future. And as we talked earlier, it's about what they see what they observe, what you say, all of those things when they are young, they continue those habits because they got them from mom and dad. They got them from those people that they respect around them. So remember, it's not only what you instruct them on, not just what you teach them, it's also what they observe as you interact with household finances and personal finances. They're watching what you're doing. So, Wes, you know, we do always seal our conversation with wisdom from the word.
1: My favorite scripture from (laughs) Proverbs, and it's the scripture that I stood on in raising our children. Um, It's Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Yeah. Um, other translations say teach a child the, the living bible says to teach a child To choose the right path mm-hmm. And when he is older He will remain upon it yeah. There are so many Wonderful translations that say the same thing mm-hmm. So eloquently Teach a child how to follow the right way And even when he's old he will stay on course It's the same thing as a parent Teach your children the way That they should go and when you know that you've done that, then you can release them into that teaching. A lot of times as parents, what we want to do is we want to protect our children from every mistake that they will make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we can't do that. And so even when they went off to college, people would say, How do you feel about them <laughs> going away to school? Or when when or when my oldest daughter went to Italy for her foreign, you know, foreign exchange studies. Um or, when you know my youngest went to Nat, how do you feel they're they're so far away and they're in California that because I've trained them up in the way they should go,
0: yeah, my husband yes. and I, we
1: both we've we've made sure that we've established a foundation in them that they can build upon, and we also yes. left room for them to build on that for themselves. See, I need them to know God in their way. Meaning I need them to establish a personal relationship with God Absolutely. not live in the relationship that I have with God. Mm-hmm. So in some of their trials and triumphs, God is going to show up strong and they need to know how to lean in their faith and call on him in Directly. every area of their life. And that's the foundation that's that right. we should be giving our children. That's and right. when we give them that foundation in any area of their life, spiritually, mentally, physically, Socially and financially, if they have that, then you don't have to worry about anything. And it doesn't even matter. Even if they go into a, a dark season, you still know that you have planted in them everything that they need to get mm-hmm. to the light, to reach to light, to call forth the light. Mm-hmm. And that's what you stand on. And so that's what I would seal this lesson in is Proverbs 22, 6. Train them up in the way that they should go, then they won't grow. They, they won't depart. They're going to learn some lessons. They're going to get a couple of bumps in the on the head. They might even enter a season where it knocks the wind out of them, (laughs) (laughs) but I promise you, they will not depart from the faith. They will not depart from the light, the love, all of Christ that you have put in them, the foundation of Christ. That you've put in them it's going to help them actually get a stronger relationship their own relationship with god no god for themselves yes. and that's exactly what you want
0: they've watched you and your relationship with him they built a relationship with him and so they won't depart from them and so when we talk about takeaways from this particular episode it is special and important That we create and demonstrate to them positive financial habits. Because remember, they're watching you. They're observing what you say and what you do. Yes. And as the word said, they're going to handle their finances the way they observe you handling your finances. You trained them up. And so they're going to do that. Yes. And get comfortable with your finances. So they will be comfortable With their finances we thank you so much and we really hope that you've enjoyed this episode i am your financial auntie and i'm here with your financial big sister and remember our end goal (laughs) for you is always fulfillment and wealth on your terms as you trust god trust yourself and trust the process so bye for now and continue to tap into the advantage of wealth and wisdom Together. Hey, family, if you would like to support us, please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episode. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends and family on social media. Don't forget to follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Wealth Wisdom
1: Together. Your support means the world to us and helps us to continue to provide great content for you. Thank you for listening and look forward to another great episode next week.